selling with authenticity. It's building that relationship. about the value. Because you want to make that impact. It can make you happy. Elevate others around Welcome us. to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners, as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello, and welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Uh, it's all going on. Hey, we got two shades of gray working, Daryl. Nice job. Hey, not bad. And we have an incredible episode <laughs> up for you today. You're going to have so much fun with our guests. I can't wait to introduce them. Thank you to everybody who is part of the Selling from the Heart movement. I want to say a huge shout out to everybody in the Insiders group. And I also want to say a huge shout out to Mr. Larry Levine. Larry, thank you so much for putting together that masterclass. It's really cool. <laughs> Everybody's feedback on uh, on the way that you took the Selling from the Heart book and brought it to life. Uh, the masterclass is fantastic. And I'm just so grateful uh, for you and for all that you've, you've done to put this together, Larry. Thank you. Oh, oh shucks. You had, you had me for a second. <laughs> and I'm like going, but the... Just a tip of the cap, just really quick, just to expand on that just for a quick second. I go back years and years ago to a near and dear friend of mine, Mark Hunter, and mm -hmm. I remember bringing selling from the heart to the forefront, and he gave me some of the best advice. And if it wasn't for this advice, who knows? He says, take your book and do something with it. Turn it into a movement, turn it into a business. And I'm forever grateful to Mark because the masterclass is an up close and personal journey to selling from the heart. Well, we encourage you to check it out. Thank you, Larry. And if you want to get access to that, just go to sellingfromtheheart.net slash masterclass and sellingfromtheheart.net slash masterclass. And you'll thank, uh, you'll thank me for introducing you to that, Larry. <laughs> you did a really cool job bringing it up close and personal. And speaking of up close and personal, we've got an amazing guest today uh, who, Larry, I'm so fired up. Let's bring... Uh, Mr. Ben Gay the Third into the studio uh, at Selling from the Heart. What's going on? How are hey, you? Ben, what's happening? Not much. Uh, oh, yeah, right. Not much. Come which on. Which I'm grateful for at my age. Uh, calm and cool is what I like. But no, it's a, it's a good life and a good day and a pleasure to work with you guys. The electricity jumps off the screen watching you interact. Oh, no, it, it's all good. Hey, Daryl, before before we get started is I, I was so happy to be introduced to Ben. This goes back months and months and months ago. And in my just doing some research and then on, on my conversation with Ben and some of the people that Ben has shared some time with, one, we're all in for a treat, and two, I'm just honored to have Ben on the show because he's going to bring a wealth of knowledge to the Selling from the Heart community. So thank you. All right. Well, welcome to the studio. Now, as we get started, Ben, you know the question that every guest on the Selling from the Heart podcast answers, and that is, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? Well, and we'll talk about this probably later. It comes up frequently when I talk about selling. You sell a quality product that's competitively priced and you spend your time talking to people who are really qualified to get it. Therefore, you can sell with a clear conscience and feel good about it. But in the closers part one, 
at the end of the book, there's a story that runs through the closers, part one. And uh, Sam is the teacher of the young person. And at the end, he reveals what's inside of his Portuguese fishing ring that he keeps on. And it says, Sum Tertius, S-U-M-T-E-R-T-I-U-S, I believe, uh, which is Latin, roughly Latin for I am third. And what the story has taught you getting to that point is my God first, the other fellow second, I am third. And when I keep that in mind, in the front of my mind, while I'm working with somebody and so on, everything works well because I'm truly selling from the heart. They will be better off when I leave than they were when I got there because I've matched something up to them that will make their life better financially, personally, spiritually, whatever. Oh, this is Daryl. This is so. This is so good. And by the way, thanks because I, we th we think we always heard it all, Daryl, when we asked the question, "What's it mean to sell from the heart?" And and this this was great. And I just you know if we can go back, just you know, in time is, and I love what you said about this because we're just a big proponent of givers give, and you got to be willing yeah. to give in order to get. And it kind of ties in with what you're saying. But as we start off, I'd just be curious. In your opinion, where did where did where did sales take the right turn on this and go off into a different direction? Probably with the first uh, uh, silk trader two thousand <laughs> years ago. <laughs> His name was Mo, and he lied about the quality of the silk he mm. was selling. Oh, those silk um, traders! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> never never trust a silk trader. Uh, the uh, it's, it's human nature. It's been mm -hmm. to exaggerate, to cut corners, to do this, to do that. And uh, I started out in selling doing that because uh, I thought that that's what everybody did. And I wanted the sale and I was after the money and, and so on. And slowly it took me a while. I still learned to some degree, but it took me a while to snap to the fact that uh, those who treated people well, uh, did best in selling. I knew Zig, uh, I'm fond of saying, especially when he was alive, Zig worked for me, which he did when I became president of the company. But we joined the same company on the same day in the same meeting, September 15th, 1965, a Wednesday in Atlanta, Georgia at noon. So I had a little impact on my life. So I knew Zig before he was St. Zig. I knew Zig when he was a normal human being, just trying to make a living like the rest of us. And I, but I noticed something different about him. When, when you got to that point where exaggeration about what we were making or whatever normally kicked in, he didn't. And he was doing as well or better, better than I was sometimes, always roughly as well. Mm -hmm. And so from Zig and from other people, I began to pick up those little tidbits and then someone, I think it was my father, pointed out to me there was a line in the Bible about uh, the golden rule. And, and it wasn't the salesman's joke of he who has the gold makes the rules. It was <laughs> do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And Larry, Darrell, I still think of that mm. every time I go into a sales situation, literally every time. Wow. How would I want to be treated if I were in that person's shoes? Because the way I learned how to sell was I became a customer. I studied mm -hmm. things from 
the, the, in the theater, they call it the fourth wall perspective. There's the back wall, stage right, stage left, and then there's the audience. And that's the fourth wall of the theater, the fourth wall perspective. So I sit in the audience and watch me and make sure that I'm being treated. If I'm the salesperson, that I'm treating the person right. If I'm the customer, that I'm being treated right. A friend of mine, I think I have a copy right here somewhere. Give me just a second. Ray Considine, the late, great Ray Considine, uh, wrote a book called Waymish, which stands for <laughs> Why Are You Making It So Hard? Oh, I love it. For me oh, to give, give you for money. Me to give I you love money. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I sometimes forget I'm a customer and become a sales trainer again in a sales mm -hmm. situation. Somebody will do something. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, I, I'm interested in the product or I wouldn't be here. But what you just said is incredibly stupid. Why do I and why do I have to jump through four hoops to give you my money? Mm. Now, it should be a pretty easy transaction. Mm hmm. And uh, so it's just keeping in front of my mind, how would I want to be treated and treating them? And then I hear one is my pet peeve. I give without expecting anything in return. Well, that's wonderful. Uh, but that means you don't understand the laws. That's right. The, the law says, you know, if I treat a waitress and they, I'm the most popular person in Pla G with Gigi, most popular person in Placerville in our 15 or 20 restaurants that we visit from time to time because I tip well, I kid well, uh, I compliment. I always find something about them to compliment, uh, compliment them. Dale Carnegie said uh, everybody should wear a sign on the neck that says, make me feel important. So when I walk into a crowded restaurant, miraculously, there's always a table that we're taking right to. And uh, we get, you know, two people come up and want to know, start squabbling among themselves about who's going to wait on us because they know they're going to be treated well. Well, that wasn't accidental. I know that what I hand out comes back mm -hmm. tenfold or mm -hmm. more. And it may not come from that person that day at that time, but maybe somebody else is watching. Maybe it's the aura that I carry around with me everywhere I go. And... Uh, I know to treat pre people properly because I get treated. Therefore, yeah, not sure who started it who in the, each transaction, but therefore I get treated properly. Mm -hmm. So it's really selfish on my part, not greedy. Selfish is wanting something, being willing to pay the price for it. Um, and uh, I've used that same thing to get coffee faster at Denny's, and I've used it in multi-million dollar deals. I think that's beautiful. Oh. I love it. I love the mindset and the heart set behind all that. And and it's so it's at one level it's so simple, and the simplest things are are the most challenging, aren't they? Yes. In my morning prayers, I say, Jesus, please, being a Christian, I say, Jesus. Other people say other things, but. I say, please continue to work with me to make me a better, stronger, kinder. And I really always emphasize kind, emphasize kinder, because if you can handle that, almost everything else comes along in the package. Mm. 
Oh, I, I love I love what you just said about kind. I just have to drop this just because I had flashes this when I just heard you say this is I'm a big Shark Tank, just junkie. I love everything about Shark Tank. I will watch reruns of it. I still know what's going to happen, but you always pick up some little <laughs> tidbit. But, but nevertheless, um, Mark Cuban has been quoted time and time again by saying this kindness in business matters. And it's just so spot on. I had to say that, but it goes back to what Daryl said. Sometimes we just lose sight of the small little things. Yeah. Now, you can get so caught up in the moment uh, or in your other problems. You know, you always, I also, also think when I meet someone, they're suffering something I don't know anything about. I, they don't have to be crying or moping or anything. I just know, hello, you're suffering from something I don't know anything about. So I'll treat you accordingly. Mm. I have problems that nobody but Gigi knows about. Uh, I would appreciate being treated decently. And mm. if I am, uh, I will overwhelm you with payback. I love it. I love it. You know, so many of our listeners are fans of Dr. Napoleon Hill. And uh, what a legend. Um, and I'm just amazed to, to, uh, hang out with somebody that got to hang out and be mentored <laughs> by, uh, Dr. Hill curious, uh, you know, what, as you reflect back on, on that, uh, that interaction in those days, what are, what are some of the biggest things that stood out from you from, from your time, um, uh, with Dr. Hill? I was asked something similar, uh, I hear a phone dinging. I don't know where it is. I, I should have turned it off. <laughs> uh, the uh, It was dinging in my pocket. Hang on one second. I'm going to shut it down. Uh, I was asked that in a seminar in Las Vegas one time, not too long ago. And I hate questions like that in that, you know, name the 23 most important things you learned in the fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> I learned where the bathroom was. Uh, the... Uh, but anyway, they said they I'd been introduced as Napoleon Hill's last protege, mm -hmm. and uh, they said, "What are name the three most important things that he taught you?" And I could have named five hundred given time, but I was like step and fetch at the old vaudeville performer who <laughs> used to say when he got in trouble, "Feet don't fail me now." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I looked up at the heavens and I thought, Jesus, help me out here. I got to come. Up. And this is like, you know, this quick. Just three, right? I, yeah. I just, all I need is three. Work with me. And what came out of my mouth, I frequently hear things at the same time. My listeners hear it. I don't have much of a filtering device. <laughs> out of my mouth came integrity in all things. Uh. Uh, and, and then personal to me, because I suffered in both areas, was focus. I heard focus, Benjamin, focus a thousand times if I heard it once from him because I'm the shiny object guy. You know, I can be talking to you and over off to my left is a television that's always on monitoring the news. If World War Three comes, I may have to excuse myself. Uh, and uh, so I'm aware that if they said breaking news, I have good peripheral vision. My instinct would be to go, you know, what's that? Instead right. of focus on this. So focus, integrity, focus. And then the other thing that he taught me specifically many times was action. Mm. Once, you get, once you get your stuff together and you got the facts as best they're going to be, they'll never be perfect. 
take action. And he caught me not taking action one day in a product development launch for a men's cosmetic line. And we had meetings and then he'd go back to South Carolina, come back. We're still having the same meeting on the same product line and he'd go back. So, so one day at the end of the meeting about packaging or something, I, I said, all right, guys, well, we'll meet back here Thursday at noon or whatever. And they all got up and left, 10 or 12 people, you know, the legal department, the production department, the chemists and so on. And when the door clicked, Dr. Hill, here's something he did for me. He never criticized me or gave me anything beyond the mildest suggestion in the presence of anybody else. Wow. So when people would leave my office and the door to my secretary's office would go click, I would sort of pause because if anything was going to come, that's when it was, that's when it was coming. Cause he sat at the end of my conference table and pretended to write books or something and acted like he wasn't listening. But uh, I called the meeting for next week. The door went click and he said, Ben, what are you going to know next week that you don't know now? And I said, well, you know, uh, he said, do you, have an, do you have an answer to my question? And I said, not really. He said, you're dithering. Mm -hmm. Take action. And so I buzzed Marty, my secretary, and she <laughs> ran the company, but I like to call her secretary. Uh, I buzzed Marty and I said, bring them all back in. So she buzzed around and got them all back in. I said, does anybody need any information? to go forward that they in their area, in your area, that you don't have now. No, no, no. Looking back, they probably would have said no, 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 a month before. But I was dithering. And I said, all right, let's do it. Just go do your thing. Call me if you need any help or coordination or some roadblocks knocked down. And off they went. And a month later, uh, it was called High Tides was a multi-million dollar product. And six months later, it was worldwide in all of our cosmetic companies around the world. Wow. So action. Uh, it left to my own devices, I would probably still be having meetings about the color on the package of high tides. Mm. Oh, th th this is, uh, wow. I have flashes of um, the book, Three Feet from Gold, Ben, I'm sure you've probably have, mm -hmm. have read it before. Mm -hmm. And it sits, it sits right here at my desk. I've, I've just had the great honor of get to know Greg Reed. Haven't met Sharon Lecter yet, but I have had conversations with Greg Reed. And I love what you had said about action, because in the book, they talk about, and I think it's Napoleon Hill's success factor. And it's the P plus T times A times A. It's purpose or passion plus talent times associations times action. And nothing happens without taking action. And I love what you just said, because I love the integrity part of this yeah. and staying focused. But all of this doesn't happen. And I'm glad you brought it to the forefront without taking action. Yeah, no, nothing. Elmer Wheeler, the old sales trainer, used to say nothing happens until somebody sells something. Right. Well, well that was action. <laughs> You've got to get in your car or on your computer or on the phone and reach out and ask for the order. I have an 86% closing ratio on big ticket sales, serious sales, not taking an order for a book or something. Uh, and uh, 
people say, oh, that's magnificent. Selling must be easy for you. And I said, well, it is easy and fun because I'm like a duck in water. I'm a happy camper when I'm selling. <laughs> but I said, think about it. I've made roughly, and this is one of those things I couldn't prove, but I could sort of show you how I came to the number. I've made 100,000 roughly face-to-face -face sales presentations, not counting group closing with 15,000 people in the room, but I'm talking about one-on-one. -on -one. Wow. And where I gave the fantastic Ben Gay scripted practice sales presentation on whatever the product was and asked for the order. Well, if your closing rate is 86%, that means that 14% or in my case, 14,000 people listened to my entire well-crafted presentation and said, no, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, and you know, I asked, I said to one guy one time early in my career, I think the question you're asking is, because we were taught to say that, and he said, I'm going to ask him any question. It was a statement. No, have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was a question. Overcoming rejection was my yeah. point. That's a big part of selling, too. Mm -hmm. I don't care how good you are. Those 14,000 no's stung at the time. Yeah. Well, and they still do. And I love this word, dithering. <laughs> I mean, that is, <laughs> you know, take, I mean, as sales professionals, let's just get honest here, right? It's yeah. easy um, to dither. And I think a lot of it's because of the sting of that rejection. It becomes really easy to... There's all kinds of shiny breaking news objects right now in a Absolutely. sales professional's world that can keep uh, from taking action. Um, what's your prescription for somebody? If you were if you were sitting at the end of that sales professional's virtual conference table, and they're the they're uh, you know shuffling the virtual papers and um, surfing the virtual um, the virtual social networks and not taking action, what, what would you say to him? How would you coach him? What do you, Dr. Hill used to do a thing with me. We're starting to work on a project or talk, talk about a project or something. And he would say something in the effect of where are we now in relation to that project? Exactly. Mm. And, you know, so I, I had to describe to him in great detail what the current situation was. He says, got it now. Where do we want to be in 30 days, six months, and a year? Exactly. Mm. And I had to come up with those things. Well, with where you are now, exactly established. Where you want to go, exactly established. We're now down to breaking the, the problem down into small pieces. I hate to brag and take credit for it, but you've heard the line, you can eat an elephant as long as you eat it one bite at a time. That was me, Western Union, 1970. <laughs> Spontaneously out of my mouth while trapped, Beautiful. while trapped in some sort of complex engineer type <laughs> question that I didn't understand. <laughs> so anyway, if you know where you are exactly, I would say to the guy uh, or girl, what's the deal? Where are we now? Let's say it was a money goal. How much money are you making now? How much money do you be, want to be making a year from now? And I don't believe in year-long goals. I believe in I am. You claim the goal now. But I'm only asking the question to know the beginning point and the ending point. Let's say he says, uh, I'm, I'm making 10000 uh, a year, 
which means he's uh, probably talking to him at the food stamp office. Uh, but I want to make a million dollars a year. Well, a million dollars a year is $2,739 and change a day, seven days a week. So we don't have a million dollar problem. And if we do, what we'll discover is about June that we're not halfway and we'll give up and throw in the towel and, and go back. But here's the deal. I rounded it up because I couldn't remember the change part of 2739. When I wanted to make an extra million dollars a year above and beyond property, stock, bond, or even our ongoing daily business, I broke it down into $2,739, couldn't remind, remember, rounded it up to $2,800 a day, seven days a week. Now, if I make, and uh, we were discussing, uh, Daryl and I were discussing uh, before you got on, Larry, that um, I woke up this morning at 4.30, turned on the phone, and it rang. By 5.30, and I was still in bed, I had made the daily requirement for six, roughly six days of $2,800 a day. So some people say, oh, so you don't have to do anything tomorrow. No, tomorrow I have to make $2,800. If I'd had a day where I'd made nothing tomorrow, I don't want to bury myself. I don't have to make $5,600. If I couldn't make anything today, I'm probably not going to make $5,600 tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow is $2,800. I was raised in a golfing family. The only shot that makes any difference is the ball between your feet right now, whether it's mm-hmm. putting, driving, chipping, doesn't make any difference. And the real pros forget the bad shot that got them in this position and don't worry about the the shot that they on the six hole, the island hole that they hate to play because it's surrounded by water. That's two holes up. Only the shot in front of them now. So with this imaginary person, I would break down where is he or she? Where do they want to be? How much if we're talking about financial, we could do it in any aspect, but let's do finances. They're easier. How much is that a day? What do we have to do? What's your closing ratio? If they're in selling, that'd be my next question. What's your closing ratio? To which most people say, oh, I don't know. Uh, you have to know your closing ratio. It's like a professional baseball player not knowing his batting average. You have to know your closing ratio. Because if you know it, you can reverse engineer. Jim Rohn used to talk about, and I forget the exact numbers, but he said, if I close one out of 10 sales and you close three out of 10 sales, and we get into a contest, I will beat you. How can you do that? Because I know my closing ratio and I will work hard and, you know, I'll make 40 (laughs) calls instead of 10, like you're going to do. So I'd reverse engineer it. And then I would say something along the lines, I would soften it for him or her, but since we're in a clinical situation, now we're going to find out if I'm going to continue working with you. Because we know where you are, where you want to go, what that is per day to do. We've reverse engineered. We know how many phone calls that is or face-to-face interviews or emails or whatever. We know what the figure is. And in two or three days when I come back and you've hit or not hit those figures, it's going to determine the rest of our relationship. I have a friend who's in the marriage count. He's a psychologist, but he's in the marriage counseling business. And the first thing he asks every couple, new patient or client, whatever you call them, uh, do you love him or her? Yes or no? 
If it's no, do you desire and do you believe you can fall in love with them again? If that's no, he stands up, shakes hands with him and says, you go have a nice life, probably separately, but that's up to you. This isn't fixable. And we go, well, you're a marriage counselor. You're supposed to work at it. He says, I'm not going to drive myself crazy trying to do something. If you don't love somebody <laughs> or see any chance of loving that person, why are we here? Mm-hmm. And the same thing in selling or goal setting. If you if you know where you are, know where you want to be, and we've broken it down and reverse engineered it, and you don't do it, uh, it's been nice. As Bing Crosby used to say to people when he was tired of talking to them, Aloha on the steel guitar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is this is there's so much gold and there's so I'll much goodness it. in this. I what a what a fantastic conversation, Ben. I'm I'm so honored that you shared time with us today and and on behalf of the whole selling from the heart community, just thank you. How can how can our friends get more Ben in their life? Well, funny you should ask. <laughs> and I bring, out my very, I, I bring out my very best piece of cardboard with this tape on the front of it. There it is. Beautiful. And behind me, if you haven't noticed, Ben Gay the Third, Ben Gay the Third. Uh, what you do, that's my website up there. And if you want to go to it, fine. But I'm going to send you to a place. Uh, if we ever do anything together, the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is get the books and read the closers books hmm. and uh, read them or at least get far enough and be like a first grade teacher, stay a page or two ahead of me so we can discuss what you've already read while you're reading the rest of it. But you go to stores.ebay.com forward slash Ronzoni books, R-O-N-Z-O-N-E books. Ronzoni is my wife's maiden name. After we got married, I discovered the spaghetti fortune to spell with an I instead of an E. So <laughs> changed a lot of my financial plans. Uh, but uh, you go there and they have the whole closer series. Awesome. Special pricing and free shipping. Beautiful. How can she sell for less than you do? Well, here's how. She goes in the warehouse and steals her inventory. <laughs> sells it. Classic. And then puts it back in our shipping system. So she steals the books and I pay for the shipping. That's how she can do better than I can. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. What an incredible treat. Uh, You are a true Selling from the Heart champion, and it's been wonderful sharing time today. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. Thank you very much, gentlemen, both of you. Awesome. Larry, wow. Just wow. What what an amazing conversation And, and so many nuggets And to me, just that simplicity of walking into every conversation and going, how can I, how can I do the golden rule here? Right. How can I do unto others as I'd have to walk into every situation with that on my mind uh, is a really, really beautiful thing. So many, so many takeaways from this conversation. I have a feeling we'll be unpacking this for some time. There's so much. I love the, I love the discussion we had around action. Mm-hmm. And here's why. I mean, we'll read a great book, pick up a great tip. We'll have a great conversation with someone. We'll be introduced to somebody. A client introduces us to somebody who can then introduce us to somebody. Well, guess what? That's all fine and good. But if you don't take action on it, nothing comes to fruition. 
And it's That's just, right. it, gosh, it's just these simple little things. They will stand the test of time forever, Daryl. It's so beautiful. Well, hey, th I thank you to everybody for sharing this time with us today. We deeply appreciate it. Uh, you're not alone. I want to let you know you're a part of a movement of sales professionals that are saying, I want to be authentic. Um, I want to build trust with my clients. I want to bring my real self to the table and do it with integrity. If that resonates with you, and if you've listened this far in the podcast, I'm guessing <laughs> it does, I want to invite you to come hang out with us at the Selling from the Heart Insiders Group. The Selling from the Heart Insiders Group is a community of like-hearted sales professionals, and we're taking principles like we've talked about today, and we're going, how can we put these into action in our lives? So come join us, sellingfromtheheart.net slash insiders. Thank you, everybody who is sharing the podcast, leaving reviews. It's uh, just so encouraging to hear from you. We'd love to connect with you personally, and uh, we hope to see you in the Insiders Group. Till next time, keep being genuine, keep being authentic. Keep adding real value, take action, and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.